Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, and welcome to On Your Way to Work. I'm your host, Rick Witted. It's an honor to spend a few minutes with you, whether you are in your car, at your desk, or in the parking lot, dreading to go into the workplace. Listen, this week, I feel you. It's one of those weeks. Listen, my friends, a promotion, it's a process. It's a journey. That's why they call it a career path. And this This is the only show talking exclusively about the path from your current job to your future promotion. And trust me, you're already on a path, so don't take where you're working now for granted. It's connected to where you want to be, and I'm going to help you get a little closer today. You know, in over two decades uh, in the workplace, um, I have witnessed uh, many unintentional cues that people give off. They didn't mean to. That wasn't the message they meant to deliver, but it was the unintentional message received by coworkers or owners, managers, direct reports within the workplace. There's a couple phenomena that um, that I have observed. Let me, let me share those with you. Uh, one is... We forget uh, often that um, the workplace is a place of human relationships. And any and every nuance that is involved in being a relationship between two or more humans, uh, that dynamic plays itself out the same in the workplace. Let me give you an example of that. How many of you have ever been in an argument And um, someone said to you, someone you love, someone you care about, spouse, you know, significant other, sibling, parent, you both are kind of debating, arguing, doesn't matter. Either way, someone says, well, you did X, Y, Z to me. And your response was, that's not what I meant by that. And there's this reality that we judge ourselves graciously and very leniently because we understand what we meant. Here's the problem with that. Nobody cares what you meant. You know, they care what you said. They care what you did. And if what you said or did delivered a punch, that's what matters, the punch. They don't care that the reason you threw the punch, whether you thought it was a punch or not, was because of something that in your mind is justifiable, defendable, or noble. They don't really care. They just care how you made them feel by what you said or what you did or maybe what you didn't do or say. 
And so that is that is an example of doing something and an unintentional consequence or an unintentional message or cue is delivered to the person. Something you did, but that's not what you meant it to say, right? And so I see that happen so often in the workplace. So that's one. There are unintentional consequences or cues that we deliver by what we say or what we do in the workplace constantly. And I've, I've observed quite a few of those in my years. The second thing is most people will make career decisions. Let me say that another way. Many people manage their careers. And by the way, young and old, I've seen just as many middle-aged persons do it as I have early 20s, just starting out in their career or early, mid, late 20s, you know, kind of trying to rise. I've seen it all at both ends of the spectrum. Many people manage their career by the urgent short term. So let me say what, let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, Most people are going to work, give or take 30 years, maybe 40 years, depending on how young you start. Um, But for the most part, you know, most average working people are going to work 30 to 40 years. What do I mean by that? Well, you can't collect Social Security or pension or anything like that until you hit 62, right? I think it's 62. If you started working fresh out of college at 61, that would mean you have 41 working years, right? Maybe you were a later bloomer and you started, you know, after college. Maybe that took you a few tries and you're 23, 24. Maybe you're 25. Either way, you're going to work a minimum of 30 to 40 years in the workplace somewhere, right? Working for someone, whether it's uh, someone else or for yourself, you're still going to work. And uh, if you don't work, you don't eat. So... Those are the two phenomena that I see often. One is people, they judge themselves by what they meant. Others don't understand um, them because they judge them by what, what directly you said or did unobjectively without, you know, regard to what you meant to say or do. And then the second point is people judge their careers by, you know, what's pressing. So, you know, I, if I'm not moving in my career over the next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, I'm leaving, I'm doing something else, or I'm frustrated, or I'm disengaging. Every time I have a conversation with someone like that, I ask the question, so tell me, when are you planning on retiring? Early 50s, which would be great, by the way, late 50s, which would still be great, you know, 62, when are you planning on retiring? Some people are like, I'm not retiring. So then I say, well, you mean to tell me you got 20, call it 30, call it 40, whatever that number is, you got 30 more years to go? Why are you ready to jump ship, be upset, you know, because you didn't get this 24-month plan accomplished? You know, because that's, that is managing a 30-year career 
with a two-year decision. Bad, bad mistake. So those are the two things that I see quite often, and they set a perfect stage for what we're going to talk about today. So today's topic is unintentional cues in the workplace. And those things, I believe, happen quite a bit because we manage our career and we make career decisions based on what we perceive is the immediate and the urgent. So stay with me. On the other side of the break, I'm going to give you five things that you need to be aware of that could produce unintentional cues. And more importantly, what are some of the interpretations of those actions by coworkers or managers? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, listeners. I just wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for watching the show, listening in, engaging, and being in tune. I'm getting a lot of tweets and a lot of Facebook messages from you all. I've also looked out there on iTunes and I'm seeing some feedback. And for those that are taking a moment to just write a review, it means a lot to me and it means a lot to the future of this show. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, join those who are already doing it. Go to iTunes.com, pull up the podcast show, and rate us. We're also available on Stitcher.com. Go to Stitcher and take a second and write a comment. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for being a part of the family. Welcome back. You're listening to the show On Your Way to Work. This is Rick Witted, and we talk to you, the worker on the workplace floor, about things you can do to connect your current job to the future promotion. Talking about career paths here. Uh, So at the top of the hour, I mentioned a, a few things and ultimately that led to this conversation of unintentional cues that you produce in the workplace. Messages that you convey or deliver that you may not have meant to deliver. So I'm going to give you five things. It's going to be a short, quick, and dirty show today, and we're going to run it down real quick. Number one, a behavior that produces an unintentional cue, raising your hand for every next level job that opens up. Whether you got it or not, you keep raising your hands. That's one. Two, verbal collisions. This is when you're speaking over people constantly, whether it's coworkers or or managers. For that matter, it could be your spouse at home or somebody, but... Verbal collision. Someone starts talking, you jump in. Everybody pause because it's kind of awkward. Both of you started talking. They start talking, you jump in again. You know, and that just happens over and over again where you just kind of cut people off. Verbal collisions, number two. Number three, using the word I excessively. I, 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 I. I did this and I did that and I did this. And and because this was so good was because I did this and I did that and I did this. I, I, using the word I excessively. Number four, waiting strategically until you are killing it in the workplace, knocking it out of the park, doing really well in your performance, and then demanding more money at the peak of that performance. We're going to talk about that one as well. Fifth behavior that could produce an unintentional consequence, using a competitor's offer in a position of dominance to negotiate a higher salary. Scary part is you might get that salary. Um, 
So let's talk about those five things. First, raising your hand for every next level job that opens up. There are some of us have been there, right? We want that next job bad. Whether it is in our division or another division, job comes open and we, we raise our hand, we apply for it. Let's just say we don't get it, right? Next job comes up, completely different job, by the way, not the same job, totally different career path, maybe, but we raise our hand for that for that one as well. And here's the unintentional cue. Here's the unintentional message you deliver. The owner or the business manager or the, the direct report says, hmm, they're all over the place. I don't know if they know what they want. That's a major unintentional consequence, unintentional cue. You know, when you're raising your hand for every job, you kind of give the message that you just want a promotion. Doesn't matter what it is. You just want the next whatever. And while, hey, I, I get it, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to want a promotion, but when you start raising your hand for everything and there does not seem to be a plan or a development plan built into why you're raising your hand, you might leave the unintentional message to others in the workplace that you don't know what you want, that you're just scattered all over the place. It's not what you meant. Maybe you're saying, hey, I just wanted to, you know, I really want to get ahead and I really want to contribute and I really want to do more. But listen, when you're raising your hand all over the place, you know, for every job, different jobs are not even the same type of job. And one's in division eight, another one's in division Z, and they're nothing alike. If you're doing that, you got your hand is like pop goes the weasel, right? Every few minutes, every time something comes available, you might be leaving the message unintentionally that you don't have a clue what you want, that you don't really even have a career path. You just want something next right? So you have to be careful for that. And the, the answer, the solve for that, by the way, is making sure that you are engaged in a conversation around career development, professional development. And by the way, those might not be the same thing. Career de development leads to this thought that I'm going to get another job and another job and another job and a bigger job. And professional development means I'm my skills are going to be deepened. I'm going to get better. I'm going to make get so much better that the job I am in, I do bigger in better ways. So raising your hand, like for everything, you might leave the unintentional message that you don't know what you want. So be careful. Number two, verbal collisions. This is a big one. Oh man. Uh, you've met these people, right? Listen, let me be honest. I've been one of those people. I have a a talk show here for a reason, right? I like to talk, obviously. And don't let anybody fool you. Anybody has one. Typically, they like to share their opinion. So I'm sharing my opinion on air. Um, but, you know, you'll run across people who will, from time to time, they just kind of cut you off. Um, and, and honestly, they don't mean to, but they do, right? They just, you jump in, they start at it, right? The moment you say something before you can finish the thought out, they know where you're going to end the thought. They they pick up your thought and run with it and own your thought, right? You know, and they may be right. They may not be right. It doesn't matter. That is, here's the unintent, intent, unintentional message 
that is conveyed to your coworkers, your, your, your boss, potentially. It's that you're a poor listener or, let me say this, and slash or, it's all about you. You know, the, and you've met some of those people, right? They can't hear you because their mouth is so wide open that their ear, ears shut. They never stop talking. They cannot hear anybody's voice over their own, right? And when you constantly collide verbally with people in a conversation, these verbal collisions, you're cutting people off, you're running into what they're trying to say. When you do that, you might leave the unintentional message that you're a poor listener or you only like the sound of your voice. It's all about you. So be very careful. That's unintentional message number two. Third behavior, using the word I excessively. There's very few people who like to sit at a round table and hear somebody say, I, 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 a hundred times. They, they just don't. And here's a, here's the really weird thing, right? Everybody knows that person. Like everybody at the table, like the only person that doesn't realize is the person doing it. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know you've been at the table. Hopefully it's not you, but I know you've been at the table and you heard the the I king or the I queen, right? Just going at it about all that they've done, all that they know, why they were able to be so successful. And those things are okay to say and to talk about, but you have to learn to speak using words like we or us, words like the team. Or words like, hey, we were able to accomplish this and get the project completed um, because we were able to make this happen. Even if the real true story is you did it, err on the side of humility, man. Err on the side of being humble and saying, hey, this is not about me being right. It's about us, our team being right, and about the team winning, right, scoring the goal at the end. And if you do that, I am just telling you, you are going to set yourself apart in the workplace. Listen, there is nobody in the workplace who doesn't know who does the work. Let me give you an example of that. Kind of growing up, I grew up family of a bunch of boys, right? There was four of us. And our parents knew, hey, I'm not calling out any of my brothers. I love them all. But our parents knew whose night it was to wash the dishes by when they came in, how the kitchen looked, right? They just knew it. When the dishes weren't washed or halfway washed or, you know, you could just looked like a hurricane came through and pushed everything into the dishwasher and ran off. Everybody knew whose dish night that was. And then if the dishes were put away, the kitchen was immaculate, very clean. Everybody in the house knew whose dish night it was when that happened as well. Here's my point. In the workplace, human relationships, same thing. It's the same thing. Your workplace is just a workplace family. Whether you like them or not, doesn't matter. You spend a ton of time with them. And because you act out around them all the time, they get to know your idiosyncrasies and you get to know theirs. So in the workplace, if you're really doing the work, if you're really knocking it out, and if you're consistently delivering and delivering very well, Everybody already knows that. You don't have to become an I monster. You don't have to use the word I all the time. As a matter of fact, not only does everyone already know that, they know that. And if you turn around 
and incorporate the team in the success, you pull the team into the success, they know that too. Nobody may talk about it. You may not hear it, but they know it. So leave the eye monster at home, right? Because the unintentional message you deliver is it's more about me than it is about the team or the project or the company or the work at hand. Behavior number four that leads to an unintentional message or an unintentional cue. Now, this one's good, right? This is when you're killing it in the workplace. You're like at the top and very strategically, you use that as leverage to demand or ask for more money or threaten to leave. Oh, man, let me tell you, this one's a doozy. This is a big one because the truth is the company probably doesn't want you to leave. They probably really value you and really need you. And uh, particularly if it's a small business and it's not a Fortune you know, 500 company and, and newsflash, we got more small businesses out there grinding it out, you know, as the heartbeat of this country than we have big, big, big Wall Street companies or, you know, other companies like that. Um, but in either environment, right, when you strategically get in a place where you're a top performer, there's a lot that comes with that. And there's a lot um, of value in stock built into you based on your performance. But when you use that, and I've seen this in blogs, and it just blows my mind when I see it in the workplace. People basically say, aha, I'm going to demand more. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, you may get it. They may give you more and because they don't want you to leave. But let me give you a human relationship example of how that works outside of the workplace. So you have a loved one, significant other, spouse, sibling, it doesn't matter. You did something for them today really big. You really helped them out. Really, really helped them out. And then two days later, maybe even a day later, but a couple days later, you come back and you really want to do something. And you want them to help you. And you know this thing that you want them to do is very difficult for them to the core of their selves. And you come in and you say, hey, I just did this for you yesterday. That's wrong for you not to help me. You should be helping me. All I've done for you, right? Now, the truth is, even though that may be difficult for them at the core, they may do it out of guilt. And I am telling you, when you pull that, that um, trick in the workplace, that's exactly what you produce um, with your coworkers or your, or your, your management, your, the, the small business owner. You produce that. And, and they know you're delivering and they do value you. Um, and even if right now they're not in the place to you know give you more, do more, maybe you want a bigger position and it's not there yet, there's not one right now. When you pull that trick, here's the unintentional consequence. Let me tell you what the message that they hear. My relationship with this company is only about what this company can do for me. That's it. And man, that's tough. Think about being in a personal relationship and that gets conveyed to you. Hey, I only, I'm only in love with you because of what you do for me. And if you can't do this for me, 
then I don't really have use for you. Now, you may say, well, this, it's different because this is work. It's a big company, and the company may make all this money. Except, Listen, that same company is run by people. And those people, day in and day out, you build a human connection to, period, because you're human. It's how it works, just how it works in any setting, work, non-work, social, religion. It doesn't matter. It doesn't any In any and every circle where there are human beings, that's how it works. You develop relationship from being around them, whether it's a good one, a bad one, a healthy one, an unhealthy one. It doesn't matter. You develop a relationship. And the truth is, just like you could manipulate the person that you're close to because you've done something for them and they end up doing it for you out of guilt, um, that always leads to resentment, right? And I'm not saying that it'll lead to resentment in the workplace necessarily, but what I am saying is, do you want to take the chance where your coworkers, your boss, your team lead, the owner of the small business says, wow, kind of felt manipulated. I mean, I'm going to do it because I value them, but like they, they could have been handled a better way. So anyway, think about that. Unintentional cue you could be delivering. And number five, using a competitor's offer as a position of dominance to negotiate a higher salary. This one's kind of connected to number four here. And this is where you get an offer from a competitor. And it's usually a pretty good offer. So let me pause right there. Because here's what typically happens. People see that. Go back to what I said at the beginning of the hour here. You know, people manage their career to the urgent two-year goal. Even if they got 30 more years before they can retire, they manage to the two-year goal. Let me just help you because no one thinks about this. Typically, a competitor can offer you dollars $20,000, $30,000 more, $5,000 more, whatever it is, whatever the number is, whatever level you're at in your job, wherever you are in what industry you're in. A competitor can always offer you more because they didn't have to pay to train you. They didn't have to pay to acquire and hire you. And then to spend six months to 12 months training you, you learning the culture, paying not only your salary for the past year, but paying your benefits and all of that stuff. Most people never think about total comp. Most people will hop around for a higher salary. Those that do that never think about total comp. And I've met people who've been hopping around for 20 years. Every three to five years, they've been somewhere else. And what you know what they never think about? That they've missed 20 years of a 401k getting matched and, and grown, or they missed 20 years of a pension accruing, or, you know, they missed the 20 years of, you know, you know, a third, you know, 20% of what they get paid, another 20% of that coming in the form of healthcare and all, they, they never think about total comp. Those people are typically thinking about, or maybe those people are thinking about the next year or two. Where am I going to get in the next year or two? All right. After all, I mean, I, although we have 30 years, I'm, I might die in the next year or two, right? So it's kind of a morbid way to kind of guide and manage your career. Um, 
but the people who are willing to give you a few more dollars, they, they don't mind giving you a few more dollars. So let's say they're going to pay you $20,000 more. Listen, to hire you, to train you, and develop you, if you don't have the experience already, would have cost them that more than the $20,000 more they're willing to pay you. And, and what most people do is take that and they view it as being disrespected or not valued by their company. It's just very short-sighted. It's very unfair in many cases. Um, and it's not right. It's not apples to apples, but you make it seem apples to apple. Hey, this they're willing to pay me $20,000 more in my in my salary than than you are. And they don't, you know, they don't add up the what you've what um, the company has paid them in other ways. Um, uh, and, and really the most important one is ramping them up and hiring them and training them. Listen, people don't pay you $20,000 more for no experience. The reason they pay you for that experience is so that they don't have to pay to train and develop somebody else on top of their salary for that same experience. It comes ready made. Uh, this is kind of like having a kid that's already been potty trained. Hard work's done for you. Makes it just a little bit easier, trust me. Maybe a uh, not the best of an analogy, but it works. So go with me there. Here's the unintentional consequence when you take a competitor's offer and position it in a dominant way to negotiate a higher salary. Y you may be delivering this message. Wow. They don't really have confidence in a long-term view at this company. That's risky because they may really value you. And they, they long-term, they may have great plans for you. Because, you know, I've said this before, most of your decisions are made at a table you never get to sit at. You don't know what those conversations are necessarily, not to their fullest extent. But there may be a long-term plan for you. And if you um, come back and you throw a counter offer from a competitor in their face, they might give it to you because they do value you. But in the back of your mind, do you want to risk, you know, your, 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 the business owner or the manager saying, wow, I don't know if they really, I don't know if they're really long-term. Do they want to be here long-term? So anyway, think about that. Five behaviors that I've seen over and over again. Full disclosure, I have done many of those over the past two two plus decades uh, within the workplace, and um, they can create and leave behind an unintentional message that you didn't mean to deliver. So, raising your hand for every single job that comes up, even if they're not the same job, because it might say you don't know what you want. Verbal collisions, always interrupting, cutting people off, finishing their sentences for them. Might just say you're a poor listener or that you just like to hear your own voice because it's all about you. Using the word I excessively. Hmm. Try using us, we, the team. Because if you don't, it may be saying to others, it's more about you than about the team. Number four, demanding more money when you're doing your best. That just feels a little manipulative sometimes. And it might say, 
my relationship with this company is only about what the company can do for me. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to develop long-term, that's not what you want echoing in the back of the minds of business owners. You just don't. I'm just telling you, you don't. Uh, Number five, using a competitor's offer uh, to um, negotiate from a position of dominance on a higher salary. There's a lot of blogs that'll tell you exactly how to do that strategically. I'm telling you, that's risky because you might leave behind the message that you didn't want to leave, which is, hey, I am not a a confident long-term player for this company. And it's hard for someone to give you a long-term development plan if they don't think you might be around or not. It's kind of like being in a relationship with someone and they always threaten to leave. Heck, at some point, you're going to just be wondering if they're going to leave and when they're going to leave, right? So you just might want to be careful about that. Those five unintentional messages from those five behaviors. Here is where you can almost 100% count on that being the message you deliver, whether you meant to or not. When you don't have an ongoing, long-term career development discussion with your owner, the business owner, the small business owner, the manager, your direct report, your team lead. Those things outside of the context of an ongoing conversation about career development, professional development, asking and engaging your business owners about what you can do to better yourself and to be a better value to the company. And then when they give you some specific things you can do, you execute on those things and you continually engage those people. When you do that and, you know, you get another offer because, hey, I'm not telling you you shouldn't take a recruiter's call. I'm just saying, you know, that's easy lifting for the to, for the recu- recruiter. And if you look at that as an apples to apples offer, you're blindsided and you don't get the bigger picture there, which is there is more that your company could be contributing. I'm not saying that's always the case, but I'm not telling you that the opposite is also always the case, even though that's all everybody says. It's not always the case. Sometimes your company is doing a lot more for you by what you don't get in your paycheck. They still had to pay out to train you, to deliver you, to, to groom you and develop you, et cetera. And then the other person comes in and they pay you that $20,000 extra because it would have cost them $40,000 to acquire you and take the next year or two to actually develop you and build you to, to the level of proficiency you're at today. We don't think about that. So nonetheless, it might say you're not a confident long-term player that they should try to invest maybe, you know, that big, big, big job in because after a while, they don't know. Their confidence a little, is a little shaken, maybe, and they're not sure if you're going to be around or not. So how do you help that? Again, ongoing discussions, ongoing career conversations, ongoing professional development plan. You constantly engaging your handlers about what you want to do and patiently executing as they give you things to do to develop you more. Those are the ways that you can, that's the way that you can prevent any of these unintentional cues. Hey, listen, I hope you've enjoyed this show. Hey, if you've done one of these, for example, 
Um, if you've done any one of these, listen, I have. So don't, don't be embarrassed about it. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note, rick at rawitted.com, R-A-W-H-I-T-T-E-D.com. Or go to my website, rawitted.com, www.rawitted.com. You can click on the Facebook or the Twitter link there or the contact link and it'll come to me. I'd love to, hey, if you did that, let me know. Say, Rick, man, I totally did that number two. And I am not sure, you know, what kind of cue I may have left. Hey, I'd love to have a conversation uh, with you. Uh, I'd love to do a house call with you on that. So why don't you uh, go out there and leave me a note and uh, let's talk about it. Until next week, have a great, great, great day. Bye-bye.